KCRW sponsors include Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes, presenting Scene on the Screen with Jacqueline Coley, a new podcast about the people at NBC Universal and the movies that define them. Available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Joe Morgenstern, the film critic of The Wall Street Journal. Almost four decades ago, George Miller's Mad Max gave the movie medium a new genre, the post-apocalyptic road film. It was also a startling new vision of a moral wasteland where biker gang savagery turned a good cop into a pitiless avenger. Now Miller is back with Mad Max Fury Road. It's a gleefully violent and improbably feminist phantasmagoria that turns epic road rage and long stretches of vehicular omnicide into an eye-boggling joyride. Most of the characters are elemental, but the vehicles are so complex that they redefine the notion of a hybrid. The role of Max has passed from Mel Gibson to Tom Hardy, a certified movie star whose wild psychic energy works in counterpoint to his piercing gaze and pensive demeanor. Love has been banished from the world Max inhabits because civilization has vanished from the face of a desiccated planet. The dark ages have returned in the glare of a desert sun, and Max at the outset is focused on nothing more than survival. Yet he finds a partner in passionate action, if not romance. Charlize Theron's Imperator Furiosa is a rebel with a cause, the overthrow of a vile warlord, Immortan Joe, who controls the essential commodities of water, gasoline, and bullets. Furiosa drives the war rig, the warlord's most potent fighting machine. More than that, though, she drives the plot. Thanks to strong themes in the writing and Theron's formidable performance, she's really quite wonderful. Furiosa is much more interesting than Max. He suffers mightily and rises bravely, if at first reluctantly, to the task of advancing her rebellion, but she's the brains and heart of the operation. A one-armed woman warrior with a Rococo prosthesis, Furiosa wears axle grease for eyeshadow, dreams of returning to the green place of her childhood, surpasses Max as a Marx woman, Marx person, and uses the war rig to liberate the warlord's five wives from their shared fate as sex slaves. In a film where only women can express feelings, or have feelings to express, the only vestiges of culture, including books and a piano, are seen fleetingly in the Five Wives' Chamber, where a protest slogan, We Are Not Things, has been spray-painted on a wall. The best part of this new Mad Max is its imagery, and the fullest flowering of its images can be found in its muscle cars, muscle trucks, muscle trailers, and muscle buggies, a motley fleet that may have taken some of its inspiration from the venerable jalopies of Havana, and that abolishes specific categories by welding mismatched types together, as in a contraption called the Gigahorse, which uses a monster truck to support two long Cadillac Coupe de Ville's mounted one on top of the other. Like the movie itself, the vehicles contain nothing new, yet their layers and iconic motifs add up to crazed art. I'm Joe Morgenstern. I'll be back on KCRW next week with more reviews.
KCRW sponsors include Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes, presenting Scene on the Screen with Jacqueline Coley, a new podcast about the people at NBC Universal and the movies that define them. Available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.